people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Okay, excellent. Welcome to a new episode of Sake on Air, the first English language podcast dedicated to the expansion of the dialogue about sake, shochu, and awamori. As usual, uh, we should be broadcasting from the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association's Information Center. Um, however, this is still COVID time and we are broadcasting from our home using Zoom, but we couldn't do that without the great support of the GSS. And I am Sébastien, one of your regular hosts for Sake on Air. And today, um, it's my great pleasure, together with Chris, who is with me today, um, to welcome Mehdi Alexandre Medafar. Um, let's start with, with, with you, Chris, actually. How are you today? Very well, thank you very much, Sebastian. It seems like a, a while since actually we, we did kind of like a, a session together, with, uh, but uh, so it's great to be doing this with you. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to um, to have Midi, and I, I'll tell you why in, in a minute. Uh, good evening, Midi. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Midi is joining us from from Chiba, where he's currently brewing, but he's going to tell us much more about his life. And yeah, and the reason why I am so uh, excited to get you, Midi, is you are still a bit of a mystery to me. I mean, I've had the pleasure to um, spend some some time with you. Uh, at Koheji uh, for a couple of years ago now and and I was really impressed by what we did together that day and, and I've been following all, all your projects but I don't know if you're a shy person but you're very how can I say discreet or reserved about uh, what you what you do you you put a lot of information out there but not so much about yourself so um, I think it's a great opportunity um, to get to know you uh, a little, a little better, w would you would would you tell us a bit more about about yourself, about where you're coming from, wh why you ended up in Japan, why you ended up in brewing, and and just take us through your your personal history? Yeah, of course, and I'm glad to finally open myself to everyone. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time. I'm already in Japan. Uh, bring sake but i wanted to take my time to gather many experiences to finally be able to share with people so so yeah uh, i was born in france but i spent part of my life in tunisia too because my father is tunisian uh, uh, i studied chemistry and philosophy at the university and then uh, I started an internship in large pharmaceutical company. Uh, I was making uh, antibodies against venom, but uh, oh. for a number of reasons, like uh, I had to quit. So yeah, I had no idea what to do after that. Uh, it was really suddenly that I took this decision, uh, but I wanted to change completely my activity uh, wanted to have uh, to live a great adventure so before knowing sake i had 
like a close relationship with Japan through uh, karate and old movies. I really like the Kurosawa, Mizoguchi, Ozu, Imamura as um, director's movies. And once I saw the uh, the movie Dersu Usara, uh, it touched me so deeply that I decided to go to Japan and to figure out what I could do there. Of course, at that time, my knowledge uh, about sake was close to zero, but I really liked it. Before you, you talk about your experience in Japan, I have to say, I am amazed because you know what? Derzo Zala is one of the movies that influenced me most as well. <laughs> and I saw it for the first time. I was in quatrième in the French system. So wow. maybe what? How old was I? I was 13 or something like that. And it was a, a real, a, a real shock. And actually, I mean, for those who know me, I'm a Bow Scout leader and I had a group uh, last month and I, I projected Derzu Izala again. Really? <laughs> I hadn't seen him for years. It's an amazing story. It's the story of a friendship, of the friendship between a, a native. Um, He's not an Inuit, but he's, he's an inhabitant of, of Siberia. Uh, friendship between him and a team of, um, of Russian um, militaries, Russian soldiers that are surveying uh, Siberia at the, at the beginning of the, of the 20th century. And it's a beautiful, amazing, amazing movie and can only invite our... Um, listeners to, uh, to, to, to watch it. So, oh, it's actually available on, on YouTube. It's an old movie now. Sorry, I've interrupted you. No, no, but- Go I, ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm also really happy to, to hear that, uh, yeah, it, it, it touched that, that way someone else, and I, I'm sure many, many, many people. So, so I liked Sake. I had uh, some small, but, uh, active bonds with Japan and uh, and uh, the desire to to live something different. So so uh, yeah, I decided in three months to quit everything. I sell like uh, I sold all my stuff and I came to Japan uh, like on backpacker mode. Uh, yeah, and I said that my knowledge about sake was close to zero. I, I really liked it, but uh, like. I was very satisfied with uh, one kapozeki after an onsen or a cheap ginjo like, uh, that I could buy in the company. It was uh, uh, enough for, for me. Yeah, well, so, I'll still I'll see am from time to time, actually, yeah. I would say. <laughs> so, yes. And the, 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 so I started by doing woofing also uh, in uh, various uh, farms. Uh, so, and Actually, they uh, helped me uh, to be accepted in the first crowd of Nagano. Uh, in uh, uh, the winter of 2013. So yeah, the, the first brewery I worked for was uh, um, Okazaki Shuzo in Nagano. So the, um, the, the anecdote with these breweries that they, they refused me at first. <laughs> so like, uh, and um uh, they were quite worried about if I could hold on, if I can, uh, because I wasn't speaking Japanese well at that time. Uh, and uh, 
the work was tough and uh, so and indeed the like average temperatures in the crow was about zero degree uh, we had to wrap a blanket around the, the tanks it, it's really like uh, it gives charm because the the blankets are so so old and uh, with many uh, like um, uh, patterns, uh, different patterns on them. But uh, yeah, but finally, when they knew that all the breweries of the region had refused me, they took me on. <laughs> like uh, we we came back to them with the with the family that uh, was hosting me, the the farmers, and we say like, no one wants to take you like. So, so they say, okay, let's try it. because it was like a family, uh, family business, uh, family uh, breweries. Uh, only we were only three uh, of us, uh, or sometimes four, making sake. Production was very small, less than two hundred koku. It was still uh, uh, the press was uh, still um, a fune type, so the old ones. Every time we were like praying if it's gonna be if it's gonna work or not, uh, and they were still making like futsushu and ikkyu, like uh, so now they and they they stop they they gain like a lot of notoriety, uh, and their production is mainly focused on junmai uh, with local rice, so. Um, the Kura has benefited uh, from a lot of renovation works. Uh, they bought a Yabuta, they remade uh, the Muro. So, and they, they now they are really um, famous. And they use uh, a special um, blend of, uh, of yeast. It's, uh, it's quite interesting. They adapt the, the ratio. For example, you have East A and East B. Depending of the cuvee, the ratio between A and B change. So, uh, and if I had to recommend one of their sake, I would say the Shitogokuchi, um, Junmai Ginjo. The it's um, they grown it uh, on the, the the rice field like terraces, rice fields, and they've been uh, selected from, uh, uh, they are ranked in the most, uh, 100 most beautiful uh, rice field in Japan. So very clear, clean taste, a very good example of like modern sake. Uh, yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> It's a female toji, isn't it? Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I visited. I visited them when she was still kind of in training. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I'm glad uh, to have started in a place uh, with a toji uh, female. It gives a nice atmosphere, and it's not too sexist. Also, because some some breweries can can be a little bit sexist, so. Uh, the atmosphere, I mean. So yeah, it was perfect to to start. I was also uh, taking care of the kids at the first, and uh, so yeah, it was 
like family experience. Kind of, what, what was your first job there? Oh, brewing, really. Like straight into brewing because it's a small business, so you 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 were able to touch every step of the process. Yeah, yeah, mm. and um, of course under their control and uh, and but uh, yeah, I I washed a lot also, and I remember like I dropped uh, one bottle once <laughs> and it broke, of course. Uh, and I was so devastated and I started to cry. And so, but now after so many years of career, like I know how, what is it to, to just drop a bottle or even much more one case or, or even uh, I, I saw many things like, like uh, sometimes 100 liter that is waste. Oh. So. Um, one question, I mean, you were telling us that you that okay you you liked sake you don't know much about it you were doing some moving but why do you do you recall why you you tried to become a brewer was was there a particular um reason i mean is that because you were in chemistry and you said i mean before and you said well that's that's somewhere that i can apply my skills to or was there another reason uh, clearly the, the taste, yeah. Yes, of the course. Taste. Like okay. uh, I discovered sake in small uh, Parisian izakaya uh, in winter of yeah, 2010. And like for, for many people, I think it was a bit of shock because I thought um, sake was reduced to distillate uh, alcohol, such as juice, or, And that day I remember we could choose our own Ochko. The atmosphere was so nice, uh, really intimate, and the food was excellent. So it's also the first time I tried uh, um, a Nigori Sake. And I call this moment like a shock of discovery. The moment when you, when you discover the existence of a new dimension in the world of flavors. Um, and uh, then at the second tasting, I was more ready to receive the, the, this kind of slap. And, uh, and I, what I felt is that I realized uh, how far the taste completely escaped me. Like, it's something you cannot... You, I would definitely need uh, great numbers of here to manage to understand. So it's kind of, okay, from now I'm gonna run after something uh, for a long time and it's challenge. It's challenging. So yeah, I, mm, so that's also put me on sake. And uh, even now, after like several years uh, making sake, I still have a lot to understand. So, did you in the early days when you were first kind of when you were just kind of mulling over the idea of perhaps one day working in a brewery? Did you seek out any advice from anyone who already works in a brewery? Was there anyone close by who you could 
consult with about this very big decision that you were go you were this very big career choice that you were about to make or did you go in completely blind so to speak uh, that's a really good question because actually when i end up at the yeah, narita airport i even had not uh, booked any room and uh, I just uh, let myself like a leaf, like guided by wind. Uh, but I, it's like in 2013, that there was almost no book. Uh, there was only the Jap um, John Scottner's book or uh, Philip Harper's ones. And uh, it's not like now there is a lot of books and a lot of information. There is uh, you guys <laughs> that uh, doing uh, such amazing work. So, like, to be honest, I wasn't efficient at all in my decisions, in my choice. Uh, I I haven't checked almost not nothing. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, one um, for example, like I choose Nagano, but uh, each kra has every cross such uh, like um, far from each other and there is mountains between like to 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 go around to take a look around uh, the kra and ask them to work it's not the, the the best region like i should have maybe choose like fushimi or or nigata or saiju so um, yeah uh, well, what what attracted you to Nagano then? Um, did you just was, uh, spin some pages in a book and then put your finger down and wherever it kind of landed on a map or something? And what kind of attracted you to Nagano? Was there any anything in particular? Yeah, there was a lot of offer of uh, woofing, uh, woofing place. So basically, we can like uh, it's it's just a concept. Or you you go at farmers' places, you work with them, they give you uh, somewhere to to sleep and they uh, give you food and uh, you you can learn Japanese uh, on your own rhythm by uh, building bonds with them and uh, and learn their craft and how they they work so so yeah <laughs> like uh, but it was quite random choice also to be honest like uh, under the the landscape were beautiful and so um, now I, I see because I received many people from uh, abroad to they come for an internship and uh, they everyone is really uh, like uh, efficient they they know uh, one year before where to go where they they're gonna stop where they're gonna work uh, they they gather a lot of information um so i i know many sommeliers that who came to the brewery for example in kuheji to learn about sake and uh, yeah we were speaking uh, a lot yeah quite a long time before they they came and uh, setting up everything <laughs> so me i was just uh, with my backpack wasting time the first day in tokyo like uh, I, I used 
I stayed with someone I, I just met. Uh, he told me uh, I have to go to the post office. And I said, okay, I know I have like endless time. Uh, so I, I waste like half a day uh, in the post office. <laughs> and uh, just uh, <laughs> that was the, the, the frame of the... Excellent. So, um, so this was your first experience. Um, after that, uh, you've uh, moved quite a bit. So, can you tell us what the next steps were and maybe the reasons behind? Yeah. So, I had to move because the the brewery uh, was too small, and uh, you know, for the like first year, it was kind of a working holiday visa I had, and then after you need to for the kind of extension. So you have to find the visa under different uh, purpose. And, uh, and basically, like I think for most of the foreigners that uh, brew, brew sacking in Japan, they, they can be married or they, they are supposed to do um, like business. Uh, like uh, exportation, export, or uh, um, or develop the yeah the the market abroad. So if it's not big company, it's hard to justify. Um, so the this kind of activity, and uh, so I I start to look again for bigger biggest. Uh, um, Sakagura, and uh, I've been to Shimane uh, at uh, some uh, farmer's place again, um, in Hiroshima, sorry. And from there, I found a new uh, a new brewery in Shimane, Yoshida Shuzo. Uh, the, the name of their sake is Gasan. And um, so they, 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 they had an offer like uh, on, um, they had an offer on the uh, job offer uh, platform, like a Japanese uh, Hello Work. So they were really surprised I found them on Hello Work. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I sent, uh, I sent them a resume. And I, I, I've read some, things about them on uh, the book of uh, John Gottner's uh, old one old book. but uh, um, and the comments were was really nice so and when I sent the resume I, I decided also to go so I, I arrived the, the same day than my resume <laughs> so and they were, that's great, like, that's great. <laughs> they were oh okay so they, yeah, they, they received me and they said at the end, we, we spoke a little and they said yes, like, it's really casual, you know, the interview <laughs> in the breweries. They, and uh, so, so I started there and it was a very good, very good experience. So the, the, the breweries in small village and close to Adachi museums. So yeah, Yoshida Shuzo is a 
also Nicebury. Uh, and uh, again, when I was there, like half of the production was uh, Futsushu. And now it's uh, all the Junmai and uh, and upper grade, uh, higher upper grade uh, sake. They made a lot of improvement. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they they had new equipment. Like when I came, they were um, making like a distillation of uh, sake castle. So they, the the year I came, they they bought the, the big machine to make a uh, sake castle. Um, spirit, uh, like in two years, I think now they are using uh, like very specific yeast for a few uh, a few items, few sake that produce uh, aromatic compounds that you can find in white Sauvignon's wine. Uh, they, they are doing sparkling sake. They are also they doing Kimoto recently. I was there, it was only uh, was only uh, Kamoto. Yeah, so hmm. it was um, it was good experience to acquire like uh, the reflex of uh, uh, the, the good attitude at a bigger Japanese company. Like uh, this was uh, my first time also to have uh, incomes from the my work uh, to get to have a salary. Uh, so I was living in the brewery, of course. Again, uh, just uh, above in a room above the Yabuta, <laughs> it was so so loud, and uh, and right uh, right next to the the rice polishing machine. <laughs> so, but uh. it was so tiring so that uh, it's yeah. not a problem i was really sleeping really well despite the the, the noise yeah i mean the, the smell was probably uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean generating great dreams yeah yeah good smell and the sake was just uh, yeah down so <laughs> easy, easy to good access to <laughs> to it <laughs> But um, yeah. Uh, so, so how did your experience at um, Yoshida Shuzo differ from Okazaki Shuzo? What were the main things which um, did you miss anything, like in particular from your experience at uh, at Okazaki Shuzo? And and similarly, was there anything which you couldn't experience in Okazaki Shuzo, perhaps because of its size or because of the Type of sake that they were making that you were able to experience at uh, at Yoshita Shuzo instead. Yeah, I would say basically the the, the size made the, the made the biggest difference. Like it was clearly a company with rules, with uh, um, very strict rules, and uh, I had to manage the to the the relationship with other uh, people and has to. Point my my time card and uh, so basically it was yeah uh, kind of normal company and I was uh, uh, a worker of this company not 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 uh, 
a helper or a member of the family. So, mm. so he, he, like I remembered my first uh, uh, when I came late for the first time in Japan. Like uh, it was a shock. <laughs> like uh, they did. I thought they were gonna kill me for five minutes, and uh, and uh, yeah, I had to apologize so much and uh, really wow. Uh, and that's just because my my um, it, I I still had uh, like a French uh, French phone and it gave me the wrong time like one hour uh, late. So so I just uh, came down. Uh, I was brushing my teeth and on with pajama and everyone was like. Running, uh, <laughs> working. Uh, I didn't understand what, what happened. So, well, that's, yeah, that's brilliant. But you, but did you, did you, you obviously, I, I think, I, I guess to an extent, you missed that family atmosphere that you were able to enjoy in Okazaki Shuzo a little bit, right? It's a bit of a trade off, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, like uh, in when in the biggest company, the, you 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 got more responsibilities because they also pay you, so you have to uh, give back uh, like efficiency um, and good work, and so it's really a um, yeah. Dorioku effort. Dorioku effort, but, and uh, yeah. and it's I started to become. I really say it carefully, but I start to become more professional from that time. Yeah. Because they require from you like a lot of yeah, efforts and and work. So, and uh, I quit. <laughs> I quit the company. <laughs> like uh, I quit uh, almost at the end of the season. Uh, I had some issues with two two other Krabito. So it was again like a, a dramatic <laughs> because I had only my backpack and uh, and I had no house. So I called like uh, friends, uh, like farmers. And I said, "Oh, I I quit the, my work." <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, also I understood the the hierarchy uh, in this uh, second place. I understood the importance of the hierarchy and uh, I. I managed to be respected by the Kashira, so my mentor, but it was really hard. I had to, to, to do so much effort for that. Uh, and um, yeah, it's not, it's really particular hierarchy in Japanese uh, Sakagura brewery, uh, Toji, and then the Kashira, and then the other people. And uh, Kashira basically, he he's the uh, he managed the, the team and give the orders and uh, and uh, he's the he seems to be the more strict guy and the the, the, the or the more the most um, uh, scary guy but in fact he was so nice and uh, he. I learned so much from him, like, uh, uh, but 
every day you have to prepare the miso shiro, the miso soup for everyone. You have to prepare the tea and uh, wake up first and, and, and wash the, the toilet, like clean the toilet and uh, uh, what else? Uh... I think we got the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but tell us, Mehdi, what's the secret to good miso soup? Uh, <laughs> being half awake, <laughs> like half sleeping, <laughs> you don't <laughs> see exactly what you do. <laughs> and it has to be on the table at the the, the right time. Like, right. That's the, the the main the main concern of everyone. Even if it's close to to water, like <laughs> you have to, they have to see the bowl with the miso shiro on the table at the right time. And once also I forgot the rice and it was a, like a, a drama. Like, like I said, oh, well, I'm gonna do it like uh, in few in few minutes. They said, no, no, it takes an hour. And you don't, now everyone is gonna be starved uh, because of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great, great memories, great memories. And then, and then uh, Kamuizumi. <laughs> After, uh, so when I quit, um, the, the uh, Yoshida Shuzo, uh, the Yoshida Shuzo's um, Kuramoto, he uh, he told me about Kamuizumi. He told me to go there because they were looking for a brewer. So I spent a year and a half there. It's in, in Saijo. Uh, very uh, in the east of uh, Hiroshima city, great uh, historic center of sake production, uh, very unique atmosphere, big street with where seven breweries uh, are there. And uh, so it was a, a bit uh, bigger scale production. Um, the Moromi, like, most of the main mash tank was like really big. Uh, it was four tons jikomi. So four tons of rice were involved for one batch of sake. Uh, so, and they were on transition at that time. The, um, uh, they, oh, almost all the old kurabitos uh, stopped. Uh, they, they retired, and we were only again three, three people, for this larger scale of production, and we were alternating months of shikomi. So we were preparing uh, the batches of sake uh, one month, and then only uh, doing the next month, the following months, doing the work related to the press and the the filtration and the pasteurization. So basically steaming and making koji and shubo um, one month and the other one just uh, pressing, filtering, etc. So we could manage to do it three of us, but uh, we had also the help from the um, bottling team. The, um, and now the bottling team, they are fully involved in the sake production. So even if it was uh, four tons 
j'ai commis. Koji uh, and many uh, of works were done manually. So it's not uh, machines. Uh, and the sake is good. Uh, they use local rice uh, also and, uh, and yeast, like the Momiji Kobo yeast, very fragile yeast, but with a nice and gentle uh, aroma. Um, they have a great Nigori Jumai Ginjo, which is quite uh, uh, rare, and uh, it works very well uh, abroad. And they have also one good sake that can be, or well, it is made to be drunk uh, like uh, can, uh, hot, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a delight. So. Oh, yeah, uh, but I wanted uh, something more uh, const uh, consistent. Like I wanted to produce every, I wanted to do shikomi every month, and I wanted, I, I also wanted to study more uh, other kind of um, process of the sake making, and so I decided to move. And once you have moved already three times. There is no more like, okay, it's possible to move. Like at, at the first, I, I didn't plan to move that much. I, I didn't plan anything, yeah. But uh, once I, I saw that I can move and I can go study in other places, uh, yeah, I, I thought after one year and a half, it, it was enough to, to go for, forward. So then come Kuheji. Uh, how did you meet Kuheji? How did that How did that happen? How did you uh, end up working for Kuheji? Uh, that was the first time I, um, I planned more uh, the next step. So I select, I had more knowledges. I, 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 I've tasted much more sake. So I selected. Uh, I, sele I selected some breweries. I want to go there, and I said re I, I sent a resume. So I had experience. I had quite enough Japanese, uh, good enough Japanese. So I would say from Kuheji, I I was more uh, in control uh, of my career. Uh, I, I really start to yeah, to be able to decide what I want to do. So I sent many, like 25 resume. In the... And how did you shortlist them? Did you have an idea of the type of sake that you wanted to make in the future? Did you have an image of, you know, something that was missing from all your other experiences or a type of sake which you'd come across in Japan and you thought, oh, I'd like to have a go at making this? Was there any kind of uh, criteria when yeah. it came to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... I want to study more. Uh, I wanted to study uh, Kimoto, but uh, all the Kimotos, all the places that were doing Kimoto, they said that they were full. And uh, um, I really liked Kuheji's uh, uh, sake at that time. Uh, I thought it was really good, uh, wonderful. And um, when he got my resume, he he called me himself like uh, the the next day, 
and he was really friendly, really warm. He wanted me to come. He was yeah, the only one who who said, okay, I pay for, for you to like for the the the, the, the Shinkansen and uh, just come and let's let's talk. So uh, yeah, it was uh, like I've been to Tohoku by my own with my own with my own money, and uh, I, it was much colder. I would say, like not only the the temperatures, but the the attitude of people was not the same at all. So the the gap between his warm and uh, and how he welcomed me also uh, touched me a lot and um, he had so many ideas with friends and he, he was really uh, kind of fascinated by his friends so um, i mean uh, i think we need, we need to say that i mean the relationship between koheji san and and france is is really really strong and yeah uh, my some of the first good sake I tasted were Kuejisan sake in France. And he is one of the first one who have really tried to invest in the French market, sending um, sake with, with high acidity to try to, 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 to meet French people's palate. Uh, he, was, he, he agreed to do some PBs, some private brands for, mm -hmm. for French distributors. Um, and as, as, as we know as well, he now has a wine domain in, in France. And I mean, honestly, when I, I, I'm, I'm not crazy sound, but I receive, if I receive your CV, where you're coming from, um, the type of experiences you've had, and uh, with the type of project that he had uh, about, about France, not only in wine, but in, in rice as well, well, you're the ideal candidate. So tell, tell, perfect tell us. Fit. Yeah, it's yeah. a perfect fit. Mm. Yeah, tell yeah. us about what you did for him. Yeah, so yeah, we, we met and at the right timing and we had the, the yeah, uh, we had some aspirations in common and uh, some goals. Uh, uh, we shared a lot of goals. So yeah, it comes kind of naturally, of course. And uh, so I spent yeah five years there, the long, the longest time, the longest experience there. Uh, yeah, and, um, and and what were those goals, Mehdi? And, and have you achieved them? Did you end up achieving them? And um, if they if they're yet to be achieved, uh, kind of, are you still working on those? Are with this different brewery, or um, do you still have some relationship with uh, with Kuheji and you're still working on those? Uh, uh, we are still in contact, active contact, uh, because we are still. I'm still working for them on few few things, uh, but it's uh, almost done. Uh, but yeah, I would say in Kuwaiti they are really uh, strict on their execution, the how they make sake. It's really really tiny. And uh, so, so I became more and more professional. I think uh, there, like uh, some, sometimes it's over uh, uh, 
specific or uh, they, they 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 do they, they really work so 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 um well but i, I will uh, say a few words about uh, after but um, yeah it's a good example of Sokujomoto Junmai Daiginjo. They are doing very nice Junmai Daiginjo. Um, the quality is really constant. Uh, uh, also, I discovered the uh, rice production there, so rice farming. So they because they 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 are they uh, they farm. Uh, Around 20 hectares, uh, most of uh, most of uh, uh, of paddies are located in uh, Hyogo and uh, a small amount in Okayama. So I could farm rice for yeah almost four years, not uh, five years, but uh, four years, uh, and it's it's important. Whatever the I would say the way of farming, like you use or not pesticide, things to connect with the, 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 the raw material is really important, I think. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I was just interested to learn more about those aspirations that you talked about. You said you had shared aspirations. What, what were those in particular? If you you know, if you're able to say. Yeah. Um, I think one of uh, those aspirations was to spread the sake, to, to find a way to spread the sake. And uh, we met on the Kamag uh, project. Like, uh, so using, uh, we tried to use um, uh, French locality uh, uh, variety of rice to make sake. And uh, and that was uh, something we we decided together, and we set up together. Um, that was something I was thinking about very much. Uh, is it possible? How? What kind of result uh, it can lead to? And uh, so from 2017, uh, every year we produced. Uh, one or two batches of uh, this sake and um, so it takes several time uh, to find the right way and to reach uh, a good uh, result. Uh, I met many times the farmers in Kamar um, and other uh, People that are involved in the industry of rice. Uh, we we've been two times with uh, Kunosan also there in France, uh, and I also could uh, approach the profession more globally, like uh, because they, he really wanted me to participate actively to the the business to the promotion of the sake. Uh, I was like not educated. Uh, I had no background, uh, edu education background in in marketing or in communication or even in photography. So, but I started there because 
I thought the scenarios of sake making are so beautiful. And six, seven years ago, still like uh, breweries weren't hiring any professional to take pictures. And they were uh, letting like uh, wholesalers doing all the promotion work and they, uh, and they cannot do the branding for uh, uh, hundreds of brands. Like uh, they cannot create contents for each brewery. So, uh, so nothing was done so beautifully, I thought. And so I started to just, I bought with my, my money, like my first uh, camera and start to try to take picture pictures and the first ones were so bad, but uh, it still, it was better than the, everyone's was taking with their iPhone or the, the, the smartphone yet, so. Mm. Uh, you, you're being modest. I think you've done, you've done a great job uh, animating Kuheji um, social network with pictures in, in summertime. And let's be honest, in summertime, less is happening at the brewery. And so uh, beside putting pictures about events or, 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 or new, new labels, or, I mean, you, you've kind of brought us or taken us into the life of, um, of, of the brewery of the, but here brewery meaning actually farming rice. Uh, and you've managed to do that really well with, uh, with uh, these regular updates about about rice growing in the fields and what what you were doing, so I mean, congratulations! I think that's that was really nice, and and as you said, uh, pretty um, pretty new for the industry. I mean, there are a few breweries that are uh, posting about what they do in in, in rice fields, but um, Koheji, I mean, you were quite active at Koheji for that. Mm. Yeah, but because the, the, it's the the topic itself, the, it's beautiful, like, uh, and uh, so and the light is nice, and uh, so it's not so so complicated to, to take beautiful picture because the topic really uh, is fit so 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 well, and um, and yeah, I have like new ones. Uh, that I took recently with more practice. So I, I'm i going to start to update more maybe on my account. I'm quite kind of lazy, but uh, yeah, um, about Kuheji, yeah, like, I mean, they give me opportunity also to go to France and set up the winery the first year um, and make wine there without any knowledges, but uh, uh, we were too with another Japanese guy, Itosan, who is now the um, run and manage the, 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 the winery. And uh, yeah, it was also a great experience. So, again, like I said, that I wasn't so much efficient in, in planning uh, things to reach my goals. Like, I, I let myself be guided, like. Okay, uh, I came to Japan to make sake, but my boss just sent back me to France to make wine. Okay, <laughs> no problem. And, and uh, uh, we need some pictures. Okay, let's let's just learn how to use a camera and do and take pictures. And uh, so I yeah, but, 
what, what, what is your favorite photograph that you've taken out of all the breweries that you've been to and all, you know, all the pictures that you've taken or all the scenes that you've taken? What's the one which, if you had to pick one, you know, to submit, you know? <laughs> uh, recently, I took one uh, of the uh, of the Motosuri when we are singing in, uh, in Terada's honke, Terada Honke. I had one, like uh, I will post, and also I'll, I, I will speak a little about the uh, singing process. <laughs> like, uh, so, so it, it, you give me a good, like, good transition. Uh, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a good segue. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like on the the document you you sent me, like you were asking me if there is any like um, any moment, uh, specific moment that I that uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah the, any ep epiphany or something that def uh, defines yes. moment in my life, and I would say. Uh, yes, and it's quite recent. It's the the, the first time I I attend the the song um, of the Motosuri in Terada Honke. The first time I, I came there uh, for an interview, and there was they had they, they had uh, it was planned to to do the Motosuri that day, so I could uh, see it uh, like um, with my eyes. And uh, yeah, like uh, it made me made me cry. <laughs> oh, really, really, really. Oh. Like uh, the beauty of the song, the stunning effect. Like, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was special first time. And uh, and yeah, and several times when I had to do it with them, I couldn't, like, I was clearly submerged with the emotions and I couldn't, like, uh, sing. Um, and then, of course, I, I got used to, but some very uh, young, ki uh, young kids, they came to the brewery also once uh, and they saw, they saw us uh, singing. And I, and Despite their age, very they were really young, and the, the 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 duration of the operation, they remained so calm, and they were kind of hypnotized uh, when they were seeing us. I, I was mm, focused on their reaction, actually, and uh, I was wondering what they were thinking, because they cannot, they could not understand what we are doing or the purpose. But yet they felt a form of, I'm sure, uh, like a purity uh, that come from this practice. Uh, for children at this age, we, maybe we appeared like some, like kind of magicians or druids, you know. Mm. And um, and yeah, so many times when we were singing, I realized how important. Uh, the the state of mind is and the sensitivity is important for our work, like because we and sometimes even more than the scientific theory, 
for the scientific knowledge, like being more sensitive also allow uh, to express more emotions and maybe also find new tastes, like create some taste, uh, like a chef or something. So sometimes it's good to yeah go to let uh, everything which is scientific to just try to create something, being more creative and singing increase the the creativity. I think mm. like um, and uh, so um, so now I enjoy singing. Like it was the first time I. I I, in eight years, I haven't been any time, even one time in a in a karaoke. <laughs> so I was always escaping the the karaoke. Uh, I think it's. I mean, it's not really the singing per se, but if I mean Teradasan's philosophy is hakodo. I mean, yeah. the way of fermentation or. or or brewing as a way of life. And uh, I guess that's very much what, what you've been telling us is, is very much related, related to that, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Like uh, it's a way to, so sometimes when we sing, we, we, see, we see each other, like eyes, our eyes, they cross each other and we just, we smile, we are just happy. To be there to do that and and yeah, so it's a way to thanks God, to thanks the mm, the ecosystem around us, to be in, uh, in harmony with it. So uh, yeah, it's like I was surprised that yeah, after eight years I there is still very deep dimension of sake that I, I, I've missed until, until that time. And uh, I had the intuition that Terada Honke is this kind of place. Uh, and I knew that there is still things to discover, but uh, um, yeah. Like I like all the places I've been and, and every sake uh, has the right to exist, of course. But when I came there, uh, I found like, uh, yeah, maybe the Japanese beauty, you see, like something really pure on, on, on Japanese, like the, 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 yeah, maybe as a foreigner, we are more sensitive about this side of culture, of Japanese culture, but, or there is an echo, but yeah. Like I, I remember the Del Sousala and uh, <laughs> Ozu san and uh, and everyone like yeah like uh, I found them <laughs> there's still some they remain somewhere like uh, the, in Japan right right so hi, hearing this and like let's go back to the beginning and hearing your initial inspiration about you know that that kind of brought you um, to Japanese culture. And, and to sake, hearing that, and then like just listening through your journey up until this point, it, you say you don't plan things out, but it does feel like you were in search of something from the very beginning, even if you didn't quite know what that was yourself. So I wonder, have you found that now? Or is this journey still 
kind of at the beginning or, you know, where do you feel you are in your journey or your adventure? Okay, I told you I in, I landed in Narita. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now, after eight years, I came back so close to Narita. <laughs> big loop. <laughs> like, it's only 20 minutes far away by car. <laughs> so, so, I would say, I'm at this point of my journey. <laughs> like full, full circle in a way. Yeah. Nagano and Shimane, Hiroshima, Nagoya, and then so. Are you telling us that the, the next destination is to board a plane at Narita and, and go and <laughs> brew sake in Camargue with uh, his Manobi or <laughs> that's the, the now I'm I'm enjoying working here in Terada's Honke and I think I want to create bonds with them and uh, it's really important to me to give also them something any anything I can give them back because I'm I'm having I'm receiving so much so everywhere I I I, I was I I tried to give back just not to uh take knowledges or uh or techniques or like to be honest uh first years i i was i felt guilty sometimes to to see too much data and and so i i i i was far away from the data or from the notes because i said oh no you know i cannot I don't want to steal the the I want to, don't want to steal the knowledges or the the, the techniques. So I couldn't even open the, the the notes and the data. Now I'm more confident, more comfortable with that because I'm working and I have to know that to to be efficient at my at my work. But but even even that I I don't know what's going to be. Um, like I have ideas, I have some dreams, but I'm still like thinking what to do. But yeah, there will there will there will be not no more Sakagura other than uh, Terada Honke. Terada Honke is the is the final uh, step. If I stay in Japan or if I go back in France. Like uh, it's good, clean loop. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's a big statement. I'm I I I'm feeling emotional now because you're actually sharing something really precious about about you. So, thanks for saying, for sharing that with us, Mehdi. Really, and mm -hmm. when you you say you're concerned about um, giving something back, I mean just listening to you. I mean, after you stay at Okazaki, the brewery transformed. After you stay at Yoshida, the brewery transformed. After you uh, you went to, to Kamoizumi, um, changes changes happened as well. Then you 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 go to uh, Kuheji and and they start a, a wine domain in France. I mean, don't has it just occurred to you that you you played a role in that? No, I don't think like. It's like Corabitos, my colleagues. I think the ones 
who opened themselves to me, they 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 got they got things. And there is other ones that they are more reserved, and I I never managed to uh, build uh, like deep bonds. So it really depends on. Yeah, I think Kuhiji maybe Kuhiji he, he, he opened uh, his himself the most, and uh, and I also I I sometimes very strongly try to change things, and so it, I was really active in in this process. But more than the other breweries, the other breweries, I think that it's their own destiny that it was the it was already written some maybe or they without me they, they would have done the same things but uh, um but with okazaki now we always meet every year uh, at least one time or two times i go there and uh, i recently i took picture for them or now we are speaking about sake and techniques more so so yeah there is still kind of uh, exchanges but and now I'm more experienced, I can give more also. So maybe Kuhiji and Terada Hunke will benefit uh, more from well, what I think. That, that was a transition for my next question. <laughs> and it's going to be my, my last in, in the interest of time. But yeah. um, I mean, I love Terada San's products. And I'm just wondering what is the bottle I should buy? Which will have a little bit of medi in it. I mean, where you where you've where you've had where you've exerted a bit of influence. Oh, wow! In there so long and and way of uh, and deep way of uh, making sake and their philosophy. I'm uh, I'm 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 less than half of drops. So <laughs> it's gonna be hard to feel it, but. Uh, uh, oh, which one speaks to your heart? Maybe which one you think uh, is is what you are or what you want to be? Catholi, the Catholi, yeah, Catholi, the ninety percent, yeah, it's uh, really humble simple rustic uh yet and exuberant a little bit exuberant but uh not too much less exuberant than daigo the mm. bodaimoto or the musubi it's but yeah uh would say katori but it's just because i i, I like this <laughs> but yeah i really like it appreciate it and um it's it's an amazing sake, and and I and you talked about not polishing so much earlier, so that makes a lot of sense to me. I think you're you're in you you obviously like like it when the rice can really express itself uh, in the sake, and it certainly does that in katori. Hmm. Maybe I mean I'm gonna give you the mic one. I mean one last one last time. If you have something to um, to add, something you want to tell us, something you want to tell to. Uh, to our listeners, um, I mean, please go for it. Otherwise, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I mean, it's been really, really 
great and really really nice to 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 learn so much about about you and and i thank you so much for um you said opening up but it's, it's actually not what i want to say just sharing all that um honest wisdom i would say with us tonight um so what's do, do, do you want to say a last a last word one or uh, two last words i want to thank you first like for all your your work and uh, uh so thank you again and uh yeah i hope now maybe japan is going to open uh, again to be open again so yeah hope more people can come to japan and and learn and study about sake making like don't hesitate to come like i say to all like foreigners come to japan come to learn um now the breweries they are seeking for foreigners it's not anymore like uh, they are not seeing anymore as a risk or something uh, very strange it's becoming one more uh, common so and uh, the future of sake will depend uh, of on those bonds that we can create it uh, so yeah oh yeah. everyone is welcome to come yeah thank you very much for that um i think that's that's it that's going to be the final word so thanks midi i mean it's be great to have you and that will close this uh, episode of of sake on air chris uh midi have a good night and uh, we'll speak again very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. And that will do it for this episode of Sake on Air. Please take a moment to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using to enjoy our show. Please feel free to send us your questions and comments to questions at sakeonair.com or at sakeonair on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us over on YouTube as well. Sakeonair is made possible with the generous support of the Japan Sake and Chochu Makers Association. And it broadcasts from the Japan Sake and Chochu Information Center in Tokyo. The show is a co-production between Export Japan and Botsky Productions with editing and sound production by Frank Walter. We'll be back with more Sake on Air in just two weeks and until then, kanpai! <laughs>